You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, the show for budding entrepreneurs who want to understand the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Welcome to episode number 63 of the Savvy Social Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Social Report. Social Report is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice when it comes to all things scheduling, reporting, and as I said last week, social media I'm going to make it a word. You can try Social Report for yourself for free for 30 days by going to socialreport.com. Now, I'm really excited to talk to today's guest, Helen Tremithic. We met in person at Gather North last year. I'll be going to that event again this year. Lovely, lovely event that feels carefully curated for the smart people in the room, including Helen. Now, for those of you who don't know Helen, she's a brand voice strategist and copy coach whose value-driven approach to communication helps scaling entrepreneurs and small businesses move their business into the next sphere with just the right amount of love and badassery. Helen is the CEO of the Communications Distillery, a boutique branding studio located in an old farmhouse in the middle of the Ontario countryside. And in this episode, we talk all about using your brand voice on social media, which is so important. Helen and I dive into really how to find your brand voice, um, how to get inspired to write things, the power of free writing, which is a fun exercise, and so much more. You want to stay to the end for this one. Um, Also, if you want to work with uh, Helen more, she does have a free copywriting guide. I'm going to put the link in the show notes as well. Um, It is a learning series that will help you on the path to realigning your message to who you are and who you serve. So really, really important. Okay, so before we get into the episode, here's what's new in the Savvy Social School. We're getting closer to our giveaway training. So if you've ever wanted to host a giveaway or if you've hosted a giveaway in the past and you were kind of disappointed with the results, you'll want to sign up to the Savvy Social School to catch this training. We're diving into everything you need to host a giveaway campaign from what makes it successful to how to encourage people to even participate and some of my favorite tips and tricks to make sure that you're getting the right people entering and little things like how to decide on the length of the giveaway and so much more. And then as a bonus to this training, you guys know I love bonuses, I'm going to give out the exact copy, so the exact captions that we've used for my private clients in the past. So you'll be able to see what we've done and emulate it for yourself. So join the Savvy Social School if you're already a member, you already have access to this live training. We're doing it on September 26th. And if you're listening to this in the future, it's already live. So you can still join and rewatch it. Also, quick reminder that we have the Beyond the Podcast Summit by A. Weber. I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. And I've got a few other things coming up as well. So make sure that you're on my email list. That's where I send out all of the updates for events that I am participating in. You can automatically be added to the list if you check out the free training. So that's onlinedrea.com slash free. 
And it's a free training, kind of like a mini training of what we teach inside the school. You'll also be added to the list so that we can send you some updates there. All right, let's get into this amazing interview with Helen. Hey, Helen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrea. Glad to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you. I know we'll get to brand voice and all of that good stuff, but I want to kind of rewind and start at the beginning a little bit. Um, What attracted you to a career in kind of copywriting and communications? Uh, You know, it felt in the beginning, it felt a little bit like I fell into it, but when I took a step back and looked at my own trajectory, even though, and I think I'm going to rewind a moment and say, as entrepreneurs, the vast majority of us feel like we've worn so many different hats. People may or may not have called us flaky because we're perpetually taking left turns. Now I'm interested in this. Now I'm interested in that, at least until we find our thing. And I see this in my clients when we're writing their about pages and they say, well, I did this, well, I did that. And for a very long time, I felt the same about myself. But the idea is to take a step back and look at the theme that has always been there. You have always been you. I have always been me. I have always been inclined to particular things, particular types of impact. And so when I did take a step back, I saw that my education is in radio and television communication, which is a kind of an obvious transition into being a communications professional. But when I was in school, I actually hated it. I wanted to make people sound good, which, you know, ironic for me to say that it felt like I was off my path. But I wanted to make people sound good, but I didn't like the ego that was in the or in the industry. It was really pervasive, at least in my own colleagues. So I switched paths and went into international development and anthropology because I was really interested in building people up. So you see, you, you see that when it came around to the communications distillery, I had just left a job where I was the head baker and research and development coordinator. I had previously been the executive director of a nonprofit. I had also worked in a bank and been an apprentice medicinal tea person. So there were all of these different job titles. But when I took a, a step back and looked at that trajectory, I was always in the middle mucking around in the organizations, trying to make them sound good, trying to lift them up. And so when the communications distillery was born, it all of a sudden felt like I was nestling into the work that I had always done, just in different ways. It was like all of those left turns came full circle. Yeah, sounds like hindsight is twenty twenty, eh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, this, is, this has always been the trajectory. And it's funny, if, if we can find that theme really with anybody who comes across my desk and say, hey, so let's look at all of the things that you have loved and we'll be able to draw themes out of that. Yes, I love that. I love that. And so that kind of process that you just walked us through, um, is that something that you start with your clients when you're working with them to help them discover their own brand voice? Um, Is it similar to your own journey and the path that you took to creating your business? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we teach what we need to learn, right? 
<laughs> and, uh, and so always with every person that I work with, we start with a deep, deep dive. My intake questionnaires are actual workbooks. It's not to overwhelm people, but to really just, we, we, if you're going to do copy or content right, you can't be superficial. If you want to make genuine connection, you can't just graze the surface of what you actually mean, trying to hit as many people as you possibly can. And so if you're going to do this work well, and we all want to, we're all high achievers, we want to do this work well, we need to get down into that nitty gritty, that, that deeper why, the rationale, the values that you stand for as a person and your business as an entity. Is there a place where business owners typically get stuck in that process of, of you know, going beneath the surface and trying to, you know, figure out where the non-superficial aspects of their brand is? Absolutely. It's really scary. It's really scary and really overwhelming. And there are hundreds of gurus and books saying that you need to do it in this particularly templated way. That was their answer to their six, seven, eight figure launch. And so there's this, this combination of insecurity driven by not wanting to do it wrong again, that high achieving, really wanting to do it right, and being told that there is path A, path B, path C. And if you diverge from either of those, any of those paths, then you're doing it wrong. Mm. So, so that puts you in a bit of a complicated place as an entrepreneur. You really want to get your name out there. You need to get your name out there in order to create impact with an audience in order to sell your services. And at the same time, it's really difficult to know which path is yours when, when you really want to do it right, mm-hmm. but have these conflicting suggestions from people that you don't necessarily resonate or you do resonate and you've tried it, but it doesn't work for you. So how do you then, how do you, like, what's the first step in figuring out where the right path is? Because I think that, especially in in the age that we live now, there's so many examples we can look at with social media and the internet. Um, So Mm -hmm. how do do we figure out, like, the first step to figuring out our own journey, our own path, and our own voice? Yeah, I I love this part. I love this part. I'm just going to say that right up front. We work on a brand voice roadmap. We find your voice, your unique voice, which is, I have this methodology that I call Captivate because it's called Captivate because that's what happens before conversion. We all to see the metrics online. You've got to follow your insights before, but before you convert, before that person clicks on buy and sends you money or donates or subscribes to your newsletter, before that, they need to feel captivated by you. And what I mean by that is that they know, like, and trust you. They feel seen, they feel valued, and they feel understood. And when those things happen, that's the trigger for them to then convert, for them to become a conversion. So how do you get to that place of captivation? Well, you start with your brand, and that is who you are the values that you hold dear, 
what you stand for. That's really getting to the root of who you are. So this would be the first step. Who are you as a brand? And then, and I, I do work, walk people through this with different questions, but as an overarching kind of umbrella, who are you? And, and we, you can discover this through free writing sessions and brainstorms. I stand for this. I believe in this. And really just having it out without editing, without uh, censoring yourself, just allowing that to come out. And then the next step is who are my people? We all have a way of conversing, that being our own idiolect, and we change it depending on who we're speaking to. So if, Andrea, if you were to tell me about your business, you would do so in a peer-to-peer way because we're both relatively tech-savvy, we, we both live in this industry, and so we, we have a shared language. Whereas if you were to talk to a, a five-year-old, you would ch- change your, your words, you would change your language, you would change your tone. If you were to talk to um, somebody who wasn't as technologically savvy, again, you would change your language, you would change your tone. And so in order to create a really solid brand voice, you need to know who you're talking to, not just what you stand for, but what you're trying to convey and to whom. Mm. So that overlap, that brand and that resonance piece, that's your brand voice. So who you are and who your people are in the language that they understand. Because online sales online marketing, online um, connection, on social media, on on communities, everywhere. It's a conversation between you and your people. So get to know your people, know what you want to say to them. And that, that's, so those are the initial steps that we take to really kind of dive into how somebody can really get down into who they are and how they want to be represented online. Is there a particular length of time that it takes to kind of go through those stages? Because as you're talking, I can, I can sense how powerful understanding those two elements would be. Um, but I think that, I know at least for me, I kind of mucked around and it took a long time. So I'm wondering if there's like a typical like length of time for someone, if they're just starting out, when should they expect to kind of have that happy marriage between, you know, understanding who they're talking to and speaking their language? Yeah, I think it depends on the trajectory of your business as well. If you've exploded overnight, as some people do, then you're going to have your ideal client's very, very quickly, and you're going to be able to speak to them very, very quickly. And chances are you were already doing something quite right in the beginning. If you are like most people where that overnight success doesn't happen, then then it takes a little bit longer. And I would say in the beginning, nestle into who you love, the clients that have come across your desk that you're really, really into. Because the reason they call it a target audience is because you're, you're aiming for that bullseye. If you didn't have the target at all, then you would willy-nilly be throwing axes at your axe, throwing gym all over the place, which is not ideal. And so, so having that, that idea of a target 
is helpful. If you don't hit the target every single time, that bullseye every single time, then at least you're still getting on the board. At least you're still consistent with your message. And businesses are nuanced. Content and copy is, is fluid. And so if you're not hitting that bullseye every time, but you are being consistent every time, you can still tweak it closer and closer as you would as you were practicing archery or axe throwing or any other sport that actually has a target, you would get closer and closer to hitting that bullseye every time. And writing content and writing copy is no different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like an ongoing kind of evolution. It's ongoing, yeah. exactly, exactly. But there are tips that, and tricks that you can use in order to nestle in, like doing those um, brainstorming free writing sessions on who you are and the what you stand for, as well as who your audience is. Really explore that. Who has come across your desk where you thought, oh, yes, please, and thank you more of that. Mm-hmm. And really figure out not just their demographics, that you know that they're a cis woman from 35 to 50 who lives in this particular area, but really psychographics. What are they feeling right now? What are the problems that you solve? And what does that feel like to them? Because that's really going to get you into that no like, trust place when you can help them feel like they're understood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, taking what you've said, um, it seems to apply very well to maybe a new beginning business um, or maybe someone who's got a, you know, they've been working with their ideal person a little bit. Um, how does kind of creating a brand voice evolve as you go through something like a rebrand? So if someone is maybe pivoting or changing direction, does the process differ at all? The process doesn't differ. It's more, as you said, an evolution. So it's a settling in. So I'd like to recommend the vast majority of my clients are rebrands and, and some of them are pivots, but I would say a good 80% are people who have been in business for a while, who have a sense of their audience and, and are really looking to, to scale and to grow. And to do that, they want to create more connection in, on all of their platforms, their website, as well as their social media platforms. So the work, the process isn't different. It's just that the understanding is maybe a little more than if you're starting out. This, this approach works really well when you're first starting out, absolutely. But it's a little bit like if you're, you're in grade one and you're, you're learning how to spell, but then you're in grade four and you're moving those words, those two, one and two syllable words into three and four syllable words and, and learning more the nuances of your, your written language. So I recommend to my clients that you consider it like a strategic plan, that your website will change. The, the needs of the internet and the way that we engage online will change. We will be updating our websites probably within the next one or two years. And, and when we do that, we need to check in and say, hey, is my messaging still working? Am I am I still working with the same types of clients? Am I still offering the same things? Do I, am I still representing myself in a way that is, is true and genuine? And I don't mean authentic TM. I mean, 
actually authentic? Am I representing myself in a true way? And in doing that, that kind of strategic planning session for your content and for your copy, you can, you can keep, you can keep narrowing in your focus. Mm -hmm. And that, that helps your audience self-qualify in or out really, really quickly, which benefits everybody. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the key to some of this discovery is that the end result is that it's easier for people to say yes or no to what you're offering. Um, So how do we take all of this wonderful exploration and translate it into um, content for social media? Um, Mm I would, I would love to know your thoughts on maybe even your own personal experience with taking your brand voice and, and sharing it on social. Yeah, thanks. I, so I'm going to say something that probably you say all the time to all of your clients and everybody you meet is that you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan as to what you're going to share and how that supports what you're trying, how you're trying to serve. And I say that, and I also want to completely admit that I do not do that myself. I don't have a social media calendar. I don't have an editorial calendar. I am very much a, you know, a, a cobbler with no shoes in this way. So, you know, I'm preaching and not practicing, and I'm just owning that part. But I would say, yes, absolutely, create a plan. And then, and then work it back into, does this, is this in alignment with what I want to be sharing? Is this in alignment with who I want to be connecting with? And instead of just sitting in that inspiration and, or seeing a meme and, and quickly sharing it because it resonated with some aspect of yourself, really just taking a moment and you don't have that plan, take a moment and say, hey, do I re- would reblogging this or you know, resharing this with this, does this align with my brand voice strategy? Mm-hmm. And if yes, then go for it and always tie it back in, tie it back into the reason why this connects. So I would say plan, have a strategy and if you're anything like me and you have strategies all over your desk that you don't ever look at, then, then just take a moment and see if, if this is worth sharing because it's aligned, Mm -hmm. aligned with you and aligned with your audience, whether it connects into your brand voice. And I would also, I always, always recommend that people have a brand voice roadmap, which is basically like a style guide, except for your, language for your values and it if you read that before you write anything an instagram post a facebook post anything anything you sit down to write if you read your roadmap then you get closer and closer to that target you get closer and closer to that alignment because you you're using it as a touchstone reminding yourself to come back to center Mm. So how do you help your clients with um, both websites and social media kind of um, where the line is for sharing your personal life and still keeping it professional when it comes to brand voice? Um, are we are we supposed to be sharing our personal experiences or is there a way that we can kind of illustrate what we do without, you know, maybe keeping some of our privacy intact? 
Yeah, this entirely depends on that second piece of the Captivate methodology, that resonance piece. So I often tell and often recommend to people that we don't air our dirty laundry. And that said, some of the most successful brands of our time, personal brands of our time, have aired their dirty laundry and in doing so have brought a really strong following. So do you, the question sorry, is, do you have an example of that? I'm just trying to think of an example of one and I'm drawing a blank for Yeah, I would say like Glennon Doyle Melton, when she came out with a lot of her hardship, she um people were like, yes, I resonate with this. I really feel that. And in doing so, she really aligned herself with a very, very strong following. Um, And yet you have more corporate brands who take that personal aspect away because their audience isn't interested in knowing whether the founders of Gap are actually wearing Gap clothing, although I'd be curious to know. But but the audience isn't there for those personal stories. They're there for, for clothing and pictures of clothing and and that that message that these are casual but you can wear them anywhere as opposed to something that is more deeply personal so knowing your audience and what they want to know about you is really really crucial here now i know that that sounds kind of big and vague and I didn't answer you a yes or no. Yes, share your personal stuff or no, don't share your personal stuff. I do share my personal life, but don't share all of it. I have some, uh, a little, I don't share every, all of my pictures of my kid, for example. I don't share all of my pictures of, because gosh, I'd be posting all of the time. <laughs> and, and so I, what my technique is to see if I can wrap this back around to a story about my business, a metaphor about my business, how my personal life and my business life interconnect. And in doing so, what that does is it creates um, a feeling of humanity, a feeling of understanding. People do have a window into my life and into yours as well. I, I know that you share some of your your personal stories ongoing in in your life but we don't go super super deep and and that's and that's a resonance piece people want to know that that you are human that you do understand them and that you you do have their best interest in mind that creates that no like trust they feel seen and understood because they're human and they have their best interest in mind too this is so when you have a brand that wants to elevate other people, it's helpful to share some of what elevates you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, and I, um, I think it's hard to articulate sometimes to someone who may be coming into the digital world um, and, and finding that line, that balance of, you know, sharing personal and business. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, I, I feel a little bit like I have an unfair advantage because I, you know, started sharing my personal life in 2007 and I haven't stopped. So um, <laughs> for me, it's just kind of like, it's part of my my day to day. But I, I do think that that, 
I love what you said about um, really figuring out what your audience wants and which aspects they would resonate with. Um, because maybe sharing pictures of your kids every single day isn't it, um, but maybe sharing something about, you know, your process or how you're working or, or even simple things like um, how you keep track of your tasks every day or cer- certain things like that, that maybe don't directly relate to what you're doing, but it's a way to share personal things without, you know, sharing about an argument you had with your partner or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And if, if either of us ran a lifestyle blog then I would say absolutely share pictures of your children. Absolutely share pictures of, of your puppy and kittens and all of the things. And I do share pictures of my, my kid and my kittens and the puppy. And, uh, but not every day, not all the time. So it's that alignment piece again. So is this forwarding the message that I want to create, the overall message that I want to create online? Hmm. Now, do you have any tips for someone who's maybe struggling with um, inspiration when it comes to creating content? Are there places where they can go to kind of um, draw inspiration or things that they can do to reignite their their passion so that they can share these stories on social media? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say there's. Well, we live in we live in a community that is very comparative, so. I would say, yes, there are great places to go. Instagram is wonderful. If you follow hashtags, you can really get down into a rabbit hole of inspiration. And in that, there is a a point where you've gone a bit too far and it becomes comparative and it ends up becoming more of an obstacle than an inspiration. So, So I want to recognize that we do live in this world where it's very quickly, it's very easily to become comparative and insecure and trigger those things that are, that are preventing you from writing in the first place. So the first question would be, how visual are you? Can you, can you go to somewhere like Pinterest or Instagram where you can pull inspiration? Give yourself a time limit Hmm. for anything online. So five minutes, really just quick, go to some of your favorite accounts. Notice, notice, don't just scroll absentmindedly, but notice what are you picking up in terms of emotion, in terms of uh, something that makes you excited? Is there something that makes you pissed off? Anywhere where there is emotion inside us, there is something to write. There's something to that wants its voice heard. So this is where a pen and paper comes in really handy or a voice message on your phone. If you feel upset or angry, write it out, make a note. It's three in the morning, just quickly make a note and then come back to it. See if it's aligned with your brand. But the idea is to really just start percolating getting those ideas out. This is where content strategy comes in really handy because you can do a huge brainstorm and then you can organize your thoughts. But if you're more impulsive, then just notice. Notice what's lifting you up and why. Mm -hmm. Notice what's making you feel uncomfortable and why. And then write about those things. Write about the things that move you in one way or the other. And 
because that's, that's where you'll get that inspiration and energy and drive to keep writing is when you have those moments, when you notice those moments. I love the tip that you said about writing it down or um, saving it as a voice note, because I think sometimes we actually get overconfident in ourselves and we're like, oh, that's great. I'll remember it later. And we never do. <laughs> we, ne- we'll never, we will never remember it later. <laughs> we never do. And I think that's where people fall into the trap of then they sit down to write and they're like, I had all these great ideas and now I'm drawing a blank. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do like that idea. Um, and it's something I encourage my students to do as well is to, you know, it can be a Google Keep note. It can be a Google Doc. Yeah. It can be traditional pen and paper. Just write it down. And then when it comes time to create content, you can just go through that list. And now you already have, you know, moments of inspiration kind of immortalized that you can kind of exactly. from at any time. And then you can still pull from your inspiration because you have this list, this document that's on your desktop or in Google or, or Evernote or wherever. And, and you can pull from the one that really speaks to you then as well as capturing all of those middle of the night genius ideas. Mm-hmm. You've got this, you've got this list that you can then start pulling from. If some, something that I do with some of my students is we walk through a quarterly content calendar. And this is often for writing your blogs or writing to your, your list. But it can be used for social as well or for podcasts as well. And we, what we do is we do this big brainstorm. We talk about things that they love to write about, things that they're really passionate about, things that really piss them off, things that make them feel upset or disappointed or angry and then as well as anything that they need to be telling their community about do you have a big launch coming up that your people should know about that are you redoing your website have you rebranded is there an event happening these are things that they need to know about as well and once you have that brainstorm you can start looking at each one and giving yourself subtopics Hmm. so I have this event coming up, for example, and I need to tell them what it is, why they want to be there, how much it is, where it's going to be. Or I feel really upset about this thing that happened in the news or in, the, in my own industry, then this is what happened. This is why I feel upset about it. This is what I think people should do about it. This is how it taps into my business. Here's the next step. And And then when it comes around to writing, all I have to do is fill in the blanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I think um, it's it's a strategy that does require some time to sit down and do kind of that initial batch, but it's also something that you can just keep coming back to over and over again, which I love. Exactly. Love that. So can you tell us about your program? Um, It's called Copy Courage, and Mm -hmm. I believe you're just starting your sessions. Yeah, yeah. So it's so exciting. It's a three-month group experience where we do a lot of the work that we just talked about, except for your website. Your website is a really beautiful place to play with your brand voice, to play with your messaging, to play with how you communicate to the world. And the added benefit is that you have a freshly written website that is your 24-7 salesperson. It is always out there. 
it better be representing you well. It better be connecting with your audience. So it's a three, Copy Courage is a three-month program. We go through all of that deep dive discovery, creating a brand voice roadmap, streamlining your site map and content strategy. And then we get down into it and do a lot of writing. So we get home, about, services, sales pages, contact, error page, which is the forgotten page, the poor error page. And we bring that in as well. And we do a con- quarterly content calendar all in a matter of three months. So we just started the September cohort and we'll be launching again in January. And if anybody is interested in that, they can find it at communicationsdistillery.com slash courage because this shit can be scary, but you don't have to do it alone. I love that. So I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Um, And for maybe some of our uh, listeners who are just a little bit curious, I know that you have a free offer um, called the four pillars of great copywriting. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. See, so we were talking right in the beginning about wanting to lift people up and that being our actual work in the world. And the tangible aspect is social or or brand voice. And, and so the four pillars of great copywriting is an entry into that captivate content development methodology. It talks about your brand, your audience. So that's resonance brand, resonance strategy. What are you going to do with all those good words? And then clarity, like cleaning it all up and making sure that it is succinct and consistent. And, and so the guide really walks people through that methodology. And then there's a four-part learning series as well to go along with it to really integrate those lessons because we all download PDFs and then never, ever look at them. And this is a way for you to actually take action today on those things. And they're really, really easy, super bite-sized. So you can, as I was saying, get closer and closer to that bullseye. I love that. So I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Um, what's your What's your favorite platform to hang out on? I'm going to guess Instagram. It is Instagram. Okay. Yeah, I love Instagram. Uh, I love Instagram because it is, isn't as heavy. Mm-hmm. Facebook is so heavy and the algorithm is all over the place. With Instagram, I feel like I can connect with people in a real way without getting bogged down in all of the rest of it. And, you know, my Instagram feed is quite political. It's just, it's just somehow lighter. And, and so I love Instagram. People can reach out to me anytime. I'm there at Helen Tremethic and that is T-R-E-M-E-T-H-I-C-K. It's actually spelled how it sounds, Helen Tremethic. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Helen, for joining us today. It's been a fascinating conversation. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and everything we talked about, please check out the show notes by visiting SavvySocialPodcast.com. And don't be afraid to continue the conversation. I'd love to have you inside of the Facebook group. You can search for us on Facebook or simply go to SavvySocialCrew.com. See you there. Bye for now.